Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. I'm grateful to be here and spend some time with you guys. Um, already been great to be in worship, isn't it? Man, if you listen to me one more time, if you have an ever a chance when you come into worship and you're like, eh, I don't really feel like it, consider what we just sang, man. I was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. I was running out of time. That's the first verse of that song. I didn't just make that up just now. We didn't sing it. But thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied to my life. Saved my life, man. Brought me out of darkness into glorious light to live with him. So, man, that is something that it just stirs my heart every time I consider, man, I could not be here. Not as in not be here in this building or at the Rock of Gainesville, but not be in the kingdom of God without the work of the cross of Jesus. If that's you today and you receive that, come on and say amen with me. God's goodness and mercy. So we are, we're going to get into it this morning. We've got a little bit of a different flow. Pastor Hector and I have some things to share with Reach Week, and we wanted to give you a word of encouragement if you're wondering why. Why is he doing the double duty thing today? Um, We just have some things we want to share with Reach Week and the heart that we have behind what we're doing this week as we enter into it. And um, so I have a simple message as a word of encouragement to you that we're going to get into this morning for a few minutes titled, Do Good. Simply do good. Let's get right into the scripture. Galatians chapter 6, 9 and 10. It should be on the screen so you can read with me. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let's read it again. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the opportunity to get into it, to receive what it says, be changed and impacted and shaped and molded in the way you would have for us as we receive it and walk in obedience to it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. amen. All right, so we're, we're, we're leading into Reach Week, and, and one of the challenges that we often have within church And you'll see it, um, I actually was watching a couple of interviews with different church leaders this week. Some, I was like, yay, and others I was like, oh, (laughs) to be honest. Because sometimes when we get misguided and we have a large platform, it can be more damaging than good. Okay? Any of you in business know that. You want a clear communication in business. That's usually how you're successful. What's their product? What are they doing? And then you deliver that, okay? A lot of times in church, we get a little wishy-washy because we don't have a clear communication of what the truth is. And um, so we wanted to really dive into this thing of, man, we're going to do good deeds. I don't want it to just be this random, oh, yeah, the church said we're doing a good deed this week, so we did it. There's reasons biblically and, 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 and by the guiding of the Holy Spirit that we need to be in tune with. And so as we consider this subject of doing good deeds, there are three questions that often come up for believers, and they're these. Am I doing good to get right with God? Am I doing this good to get right with God? Kind of get, in, get on his good side, check off a few boxes, score a few points with God. Secondly, am I doing good because it's my job as a believer? Is this just like part of the job description? You know what I'm saying? Like the boss gives you the job, that's your list, boom. Me and Pastor Tad will often joke around while we do stuff here. If you've ever been a part of a church staff or know or are family members to a church staff, your job description really doesn't mean anything. 
you're going to do whatever you need to do each day. <laughs> so you might be leading music, you might be preparing sermons, but tomorrow we're laying sod, okay? <laughs> On Thursday, we're pulling cables to put the video screen up, okay? So we're, we're doing whatever is necessary. So is it as, just because it's my job as a believer? And then the third question is, um, does doing good for someone mean that I have to approve of how they live? That's probably one of the biggest ones. The question mark is, saying, oh, where does this fall in? I know this person has a lifestyle at whatever level that I don't agree with, and I know maybe they need the gospel. Do I just do a good deed? And they're like, okay, door, and boom, the punch for Jesus right there. Or is it just leave it alone? Like, what, what do we do with that? So those three questions kind of show up. So I'd like to kind of spend a little bit of time on each of those and kind of give some guidance on how we can look at those as we go into such an amazing opportunity like Reach Week. So the first question. Am I doing good to get right with God? The short answer is no. Why? Because there is never any place for a gospel of works. Period. Never a place for a gospel of works. You see, what we just sang a little while ago, I love that song so much because it so clearly articulates the gospel. We were in a place of desperation because we did not know God and we were estranged from him because of our sin separated. But God in his great mercy, while we were still sinners, as Romans tells us, Christ died for us to make a place for us, to make what, what the Bible calls atonement for our sins, to deal with the price that needed to be paid so we could get back in proper relationship with the holy God. And somebody say, amen. Because I don't care how good you are, how good you smell, where you live, what color you are, you can do nothing to get right with God of your own hand. It is only by the work of the cross of Jesus Christ that we get to receive by his mercy and grace through faith. Amen. So there's no room for a gospel of works. What does verse 10 tell us? So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. There's a distinction already made there. There's a clarity made there in that passage of scripture that there are those who are of the household of faith and there are some who are not. How do you get into that place? Well, the beauty of that book that we're talking about in Galatians, the first five chapters, I'm just going to throw this out there if you want to go do a study. The first five chapters deals with this reality of what Christ has done. It deals with the fact that there were some who were confused about, do we go back to the law of Moses and do all those? And can I give you good enough by keeping the law and then get in? No, Paul deals with that and says, no, 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 no. There was no way, man, that you were going to be able to do it of your own strength. Even if you kept all of God's rules, it was the fact that we needed Christ to make a sacrifice for us once for all. And so those first five books deal with that. And then we get into chapter six and he starts to give us these practical living examples. But what's the foundation? The foundation is that we're in because of him. I'm going to say it again. They can make a t-shirt if you want. Feel free. Unbidden trademark it. We are in because of him, not because of us. So now because I'm in because of him, then I have a springboard off to this good works. Okay. We are called to do is a fruit of our salvation and not to achieve our salvation. I'm going to say it one more time. They're putting it on the screen. Good works we're called to do is a fruit of our salvation and not to achieve our salvation. Because I am a child of God, because I'm a son of God, I do X. Not to get in the good graces. Okay? It's kind of like the last couple of days we had some necessity to do some landscaping at my house. <sighs> Bless us, Lord. Bless us, Lord. Um, so my kids were having to do some stuff because they are in my house. And they were like, Dad, really? They pushed it to the last minute. I got out early yesterday morning. Yep, rocks, mulch, all that. I'm looking through the window. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> we got to have breakfast, Dad. 
yep, go for it, and then get out here. And so they had to do some stuff because they're not earning my love. I love them. If they sat in the whole time and then I had to correct them because they were being lazy, which they didn't. Bless you guys. Good job. <laughs> Nobody did that yesterday, but they, I still love them. But because they're in our house, because they're in the house, the house is doing this. You with me? I'm going to say it one more time. Because they're in the house, the house is doing this. That means whatever is in the kingdom of God is practical application. We are doing because we're in the kingdom. And then on a microcosm level, here at the Rock of Gainesville this week, we're doing Reach Week, so... We are doing Reach Week. And if you can't go to one of the sites, that's awesome, man. There are bins out there, and I will pull you right now. We don't ever ask for stuff, but I will ask you right now. If you got some extra cash, buy more canned food, buy more non-perishables. We can take them all week long. And the families that get to receive those big boxes, those banana boxes that we're going to be packing on Saturday with the team here, are going to be blessed with a week or two of food that comes in those boxes, families that are in need. If, if not, Pastor Hector will also talk to you about the Reach Week Fund, opportunities that we have to practically apply and do good. So number one, again, again, those good works are a fruit of our salvation. Second question is, am I doing good because it's my job as a believer? Is it just like on the job description sheet? The reality is this. We have a privilege and responsibility as believers that we have the grace of God to accomplish. We have the grace of God to accomplish. Even when it's challenging or difficult, we have God's grace to accomplish it. And again, it's a part of the privilege that we have because we're in the house of God as his children already. Now that scripture says there in verse 10, that especially to those who are of the household of faith, that's an assumed that we're taking care of ours. Okay? Some people get that out of whack too. Yes, you are supposed to actually take care of and bless the people in the house first. Timothy says it this way regarding your family. If you don't provide for your own family first, he says you're worse than an unbeliever. That's not me, that's Bible. Just want to put it out there. Bible, 101. So we take care of ours for sure, but then we also then do good to everyone as we have opportunity, okay? So verse 9 and 10 again. And let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not grow weary of doing good. Everybody say it with me. Let us not grow weary of doing good. How many of you have grown weary of doing good a couple of times? The word says let us not. It doesn't mean it's bad that you did. I did. Right before, man, I'm telling you, I was at the edge right before me and my wife got to go on a great vacation for the 23rd anniversary. Woo. Oh, my gosh. I now like the beach again because I went without little kids. Can, can I tell the truth? I'm just telling you. There's a couple instances in life. You guys are like, Pastor Shane, he's so easy going. Then my wife's like, mm-hmm, get that brother to the beach or with a paintbrush in his hand, and then his salvation is in question. Because <laughs> it's, it, it's a little, as I say, extra strength when I got to make sure little kids are not drowning. And listen, okay, listen. All right, this is because we are such family here and we got all the races represented in this house. Listen, if you have black children or at least mixed children, there is a challenge sometimes with all that doing angels on the beach and stuff. All I see is the work I have to do with that curly head of hair. I don't see, oh, memories, we're making memories. No, I don't see any of that. I'm like, oh. All I see, go, I go back to when Kimora was little, when she was like four, man, she was like, this great place with water and sand. And she dove right in, and she had, you guys remember, she used to have this big head of hair and curls, and she's right there in the sand. And I was like, that's my whole week right there. 
And then listen, little kids come back to the car at the beach dinner and like, Dad, we're trying to make sure, man, we're not getting any sand on the mats. We're not getting it in the seat. Man, they got sand in every part of their body and I'm vacuuming sand for the next week or two. But you know what, the Lord, the Lord healed me, so now I like the beach again after that. I've, I've been prepared to ease back into it and bring him in. But, um, but you get to those times sometime in life where you're weary, you know what I mean? Or it's like, oh, wow. But the encouragement from the word is let's not grow weary in doing good. Because in due season, we'll reap if we don't faint. Why? Because God has graced us. And again, like we've been talking about the service, God's word is true and it comes to pass. So we have a harvest we look to and say, man, wow, thank you, Lord that we have this opportunity to receive what you're saying and then walk in it and you've graced us to do it. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Again, part of the call of the believer, but we're graced to do it. Listen to this. Doing good works is more than our job as believers. It's our opportunity to express the love and giving heart of our Father in heaven, full of grace and truth. It's our opportunity. And let me, let, me, let me break it down a little further for you. Here's what we miss sometimes. The beauty of when, again, that scripture tells us that we do, especially to the household of faith, but it's to everyone, which means that includes an unbeliever, somebody who has not yet received Christ. It is a prophetic act when we do it. You know why? Because what does the word say? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before you had done anything to deserve anything that you would receive, he does it. Come on, even as he's on the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But the greatness is God knew what he was doing. He was utilizing even the wickedness of man to bring about his saving work for all of mankind. So when you do an act of mercy and kindness, I want to encourage you, if you have no other vision, remember this. It can be a prophetic act of giving to somebody just as the Father gave to us far before we had any righteousness in us. Because the Word says all our righteousness is like filthy rags. So far before that, he's doing merciful, gracious, kind, and acts for us. And guess what? Everybody do this. <sighs> Mercy of God. Mercy of God. You know, the Conquer series that we use for our men's sexual purity groups, um, there's one section in there where Ted Roberts, the guy who leads it, says, next breath, courtesy of God. I love that statement. <laughs> the first time I heard it, I was like, ooh, that's so good. Next breath, courtesy of God. His mercy, even in that we have life, okay? And so we have an expression that we can give forth of the mercy, love, and grace of our Father. Part of the power of good works toward the unbeliever is that they are receiving of God's goodness even though they are not yet children by faith. Again, so there's an opportunity there to show and express the Father. And then the third question, does doing good for someone mean I have to approve of how they live? This is a challenging one today. Well, it's always one, but really in our culture, the fight is becoming so much more intense over cultural and, 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 and moral issues. But doing good works, um, good deeds, is simply an expression of God's love, mercy, and provision for all people, okay? Our doing of those good works isn't predicated, again, like the previous point, on whether that person's lifestyle has lined up with God's word yet. That doesn't mean you change. That's an important caveat. It doesn't mean you change. It means you can still express that love and mercy and grace and serve regardless of where that person's lifestyle has been. But it does not mean that you change for the sake of comfort. I listened to an interview this week which grieved my heart because there was a Christian leader who basically made three people who are deceived about their, their, their situation and their sin, made them more comfortable 
She didn't make a place of grace and forgiveness, I believe. I think she just made it more comfortable. You know, what we are not called to do as believers is provide padded chairs when the plane's crashing. Can I say it one more time? Yeah, I will. We're not called to provide padded chairs on the crashing plane. We're provided with mercy and grace, put a hand on our shoulder and say, hey, here's the, here's the door to get out of there into a whole new life. And that life more abundantly. But not, there it is, plane's going down, ship sinking. But they feel good about who they are and they like me. Come on, bro. Right? That ain't love. You're right. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. Provide the opportunity by the grace of And you don't have to be a jerk. That is not a fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> Love, joy, peace, kindness, jerkiness. It's not. It's not, man. It's to, to quote uh, Dr. Vodi Bakum, he says it this way the gospel is offensive enough, it does not need your help. It does not need your help or mine. The gospel is already offensive, man, to say that, hey, out of all the things you can choose, there's this one way, and you got to receive that and obey it. It's offensive enough. It doesn't need you to bring in any issues you have and your jerky personality and the fact that you need more sleep. And a trip to the beach. With no kids. Or two. <laughs> Without kids. A trip or two. Again, verse 10. So then again, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Everyone is? Everyone. In the Greek, in the Mandarin, in the Spanish, it's everyone. It's all people. Do good to everyone, and especially those over the household of faith. Again, our command is doing good to everyone, but we are also seeing, and we also get to see throughout the word of God that his truth is never compromised. So both are true. God's truth isn't compromised, but it doesn't absolve you of doing good to everyone. Even when you're going to do that good and that person's going to spit in your face. You're going to write the check. You're going to hand the money. You're going to give the food. You're going to assist the person. I've had it happen many times, and that person will cuss you, your mama, and all her friends too, and then your friends too. Does that change the command to us to do good to everyone? No, it doesn't. And that's not why we did it anyway. Why did we do it? Step one, back up there at the top. Because we are children of God as a fruit of our salvation. Not because I was getting in somebody's good graces. The truth be told, Jesus, if that's the measure, he got nailed to a cross. I'm just saying. That's the company we're keeping. <laughs> Whatever it takes. But it does not change what we're called to do and how we're called to respond in that. Okay. So, because we belong to our faithful Heavenly Father, let us do good to all. Let us do good to all. Now, I'm going to be real practical as we, as we wrap this up. So, the verse says there as well, this statement here in verse 10, as we have opportunity. Everybody say it with me. As we have opportunity. Okay. I have a lot of wonderful friends who are, who are business owners um, and make a little bit more of that coin than I make, okay? That's money if you're wondering what coin is. Um, and as 
uh, one of the things that inspires me with so many of them is as they have opportunity, they do good with their abundance of resources. They're not just trying to buy six more boats and, and more shoes and houses. And if they have some, that's fine. But as they have opportunity, they do good with that. So now the question then lands back in our life. Well, the rest of us and anybody else and anybody up way up in income, low down in income, got a lot, got a little, whatever. Where's your opportunity? And when it comes, do you have an excuse? Or do you say, no, this word came to everybody. As we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. You know, it's pretty cool. I had an opportunity this week. Miss Pat had someone come in the door at the office. It was a couple, and they needed some, um, needed some gas in their car. And we, uh, we kind of keep some gift cards available for people. To, it's practical for us in, in our office so that we're not just handing out cash because not everybody is responsible when you go just hand them straight cash. <laughs> so there's gift cards to specific places to get resources and help them. And so we didn't have access to a gas card, so I had the opportunity to take them to go buy some gas. And um, listen, it wasn't, hey man, fill up two cars and here's another 200. I did what I had. But as I had opportunity, the Lord led me and guided me to do that. And he's not asking me for my record as compared to my brothers or my sisters. He's not asking you. There's, there's people we know, man, who give mega millions to the ministry. But can you go to the food bank this week? and stock shelves? Can you grab one more bag of groceries? Bogos are at Publix all the time. Publix Bogos are a wonderful thing for food drives. I think it is a hand of God tool. You know why? Because you can buy all your groceries and then you get a free bag that you can bring back to bless somebody else. Listen, the Lord provides seed to the sower, as the word says. So what is your opportunity? Which one of these teams have you signed up for? Or if you haven't yet, See myself or Pastor Hector or call us and we'll, we'll figure out somewhere. There's stuff all over the place this week that's being done. Why? Because we have opportunity. And as we have that opportunity, we want to do good to all. So again, Reach Week is one of those opportunities. So my encouragement to you is let's go into this week full of faith, full of love, expecting God to utilize at whatever level as we do things for everyone, for those in the household of faith and those who are not this week. All right, so I want to bless you guys. Come on, stand with me. Father, we're so grateful this week to go into our Reach Week outreach and touch lives in this community. We're so grateful, God, that you are so faithful to us, and then you're faithful to, to, immobilize, to mobilize us so we can then go forward in the purpose you have for us. So I speak a blessing over this house. Everybody who's serving, starting to actually, one team started yesterday, praise God, renovating a house under, under Andrew Brantley's leadership, renovating a house for one of our widows in need. And then now this week, we'll go in and to the food bank and to St. Francis and the public schools and all of that that we do this week. I thank you for every bit of it being done full of faith and love and that you will utilize it, Lord, for your glory and for your honor. Hearts will be touched, lives will be touched. Believers will be encouraged and unbelievers will be stirred to say, wow, what love and mercy, even though I didn't deserve anything that I've been shown. And so I thank you for this opportunity now over our house in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.